Welcome everyone to your UFC 291 Instant Reaction Podcast. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you all very much for downloading and for listening. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram. I'm at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email the show Diary at yahoo.com. Calm. This is all about UFC 291. Uh, Justin Gaethje is a BMFer as he knocks out Dustin Poirier to claim the title of BMF champion. We will talk about what we saw in that fight, plus uh, a little bit from the results. Just full disclosure, the, the main event is the only fight I've been able to see so far. So uh, we're not going to get super technical in all the other things that are going on, more just like what the results mean um, going forward, I guess. So that is what is coming up. But let's get into the first bout as, or the, the main event, I guess, the last bout. Um, Justin Gaethje with a head kick knockout to the gods of Dustin Poirier. Uh, the finish comes in the second round at exactly one minute. A perfectly set up head kick where he throws the jab out there. Poirier brings the hand forward just a touch and he is able to get it almost all the way back, but just the slight hesitation of it coming back, not syncing up perfectly with the head kick means that Dustin Poirier is taking a nap at right in the middle of the octagon. Um, phenomenal stuff from, from just, Justin Gaethje, a perfect setup, something that he has always been capable of, but due to the pressure style with which he likes to fight, um, I don't know if that is necessarily something that we would have seen from him five or six years ago. Um, that this was a, a true sign of the evolution of Justin Gaethje with his work with, uh, Trevor Whitman and what he has been able to accomplish so far and like it, it's just it's a different fighter now um he still has the same things that make him dangerous and there were still a couple of wild exchanges in there that still make him fun so he hasn't lost what was kind of the essence of what he was and what made him um the, the fighter that that he has kind of become and this kind of like fan favorite as my cat jumps up on me making things a bit more complicated here but um he he hasn't yes hi bailey um he, he still has that power. He still has that amazing technique. He still has um, all of those things, but it's, it comes with a bit more patience. It comes with a bit more of a, a tactical mindset now, and those are the types of things that help you win championships, and he, he had that on full display. He was ready right from the word go. He had... Pori was just a touch off, and I, I don't mean that like bad or anything like that. It's just he was still finding his range. He was still finding his rhythm. A couple punches, just a, a little bit off, and, and Gaethje was ready right from the word go, and I, I think that let him kind of get things going early on. The, the leg kick game was obviously a, a very strong part of what he was looking to do, and then he was starting to, to put things together off of that. Um, and then you, you see the, the final result where he sets up a head kick just absolutely perfectly, and he ends up getting the, the win. Um, for Poirier, like I said, it, it felt like the punches were just a little bit off. Um, it, it felt like he was just a, a little out of range and a little out of reach a couple of times, and and things ended up just... The, 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 the rangefinder just wasn't there perfectly yet. But he was starting to put it together, and he was starting to get some, some combinations landing. And he was certainly looking to counter. And you could see, they knew, and it was the one thing that I didn't love from the Gaethje performance... He was ducking his head on basically everything, and that is just disaster um, in, in MMA, where a guy can just bring a knee straight up the middle and end your night. And it seemed like Poirier was kind of ready for it with some uppercuts um, that, that, like, some of them kind of did some damage, but never, I thought, really took advantage of that situation 
as as much as he maybe could have and as much as he would have if this fight lasted more than than six minutes. So it, it felt like he was starting to, to kind of find his groove. But I mean, when you get head kicked, it's tough to, to say, oh, yeah, man, if, if that if he just hadn't been knocked out, maybe things would have been different because obviously. Um, but th- this is th- this night is all about Justin Gaethje and the big win. Now, what does it mean? We talked about this coming in. This was always going to be difficult coming out of this because there is a title challenger ready with Charles Oliveira. He's going to be fighting him in Dubai. And then after that, I believe the next shot goes to Alex Volkanovsky. You could make a, a case, like, it appears that Chandler against McGregor isn't going to happen now. Um, Gaethje certainly made it very clear that Gaethje against McGregor won't be happening. Um, or at least it was bargaining there, for sure. Um, I'm sure if they offered him that fight, he'd probably take it. But he he certainly wanted to, to make his, his point on some things known uh, in that post-fight press conference where he didn't even beat around the bush. He's like, yeah. Connor uses steroids. I don't fight guys on steroids, so I'm not going to fight them. Um, that was quite the thing. What's next? I I don't know what is is next. Is um, kind of the the obvious answer. Because um, like, do you do you go Gaethje against Volkanovski, and then the winner of that fight gets a, a championship fight? I wouldn't hate it. Would actually love that fight. I think it would be amazing. Um, do you go with a rematch of the Michael Chandler fight? Because Chandler's not going to be fighting um, Conor McGregor, winner of that fight gets an opportunity at the at the title. Uh, these two fought uh, a couple of years ago, and it was Gaethje getting the, the better of it. But Chandler has lost three of his last four, so I don't know if I'm putting him that one. There isn't an obvious number one contender's bout for Justin Gaethje beyond this fight. So it, it's, it's an interesting spot to be in in the, the lightweight division at this point. Um, just based off of everything, but it just, it feels like there's still one more fight needed for Justin or for, yeah, for Justin Gaethje to go out and get that, um, get that championship fight. Maybe it's a rematch, you know, like that the, these two are now tied at one. Um, we have seen that they can headline a show. Maybe you just do this one more time. And then that does become a, a one number one contenders, but like put that fight on the same card as Volkanovsky against lightweight champion X and you, you have kind of your own, like, lightweight tournament. Um, so does this performance mean championship or bust now for Gaethje? I don't think so. Um, like we said before, he's still at least one fight away from getting the opportunity. And I don't mind just running it back. Because, um, like I said, it just felt like that was getting going. And for, um, for Poirier, I don't think he needs to move to the back of the line. He has lost two of his last three. But again, it's to Oliveira. And to to Gaethje, I, I still think that he has an opportunity coming his way as well. Um, moving on on this card, the, there's some disagreement about the, the judges' scorecards in the 29-28, 28-29, 29-28, win, or Jan Blachowicz loss, sorry, over Alex Pereira. I still believe this should have been a championship fight, but um, I, I think now Pereira has to be, whatever title fight is next, Pereira has to be, I think, included in that. It's a tough one for Jan Blahovich, who uh, comes away with a loss in this one. Um, he now won one and one in his last three. Win over Rakic, tie against uh, Ankalaev, and a loss to Alex Pereira. So it, it's a it's a difficult one now to, to assess again for where Blahovich goes from here. Light heavyweight is fun. 
at the moment, but it doesn't have any massive names, so he'll be fine. But you have to put Pereira, I think, in a championship fight now at 205 pounds. This should have been to begin with. I don't understand why it wasn't, but th this needs to be, I think, the, um, the, the, the way to go. Uh, Derek Lewis gets a win in 33 seconds, and from all accounts, he is taking this as seriously as he absolutely needs to, to be... His days, I think, as a heavyweight title contender are gone, but he is at least going to be a relevant name in the, the UFC's heavyweight division moving forward. He has the personality that everyone loves. He has a fight style that, when it is on, he can be one of the more exciting, entertaining fighters uh, out there. You can always main event, uh, I think, a fight night card with this guy, or you can put him on a show like this in the like three spot, and like, okay, look, you got Derek Lewis fighting third from the top. This is a good card. So it, it's great that he is taking this seriously one more time in what kind of felt like his last chance to, to do that. Speaking of last chances, Tony Ferguson falls to Bobby Green. Uh, submission very late in the third round. Um, he... He falls in this one, and I, I, again, there's going to be a lot of Tony Ferguson is done. I don't think he's done, but if you're not beating the level of Bobby Green, like, what's the, I don't want to say what's the point, because this seems like a shot at Bobby Green. He's fine, but for Tony Ferguson, former title challenger and interim whatever, 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 um, for him to not be able to, to get to this level again, I just don't know what fights there are that make it a worthwhile investment for the UFC, which is harsh to say, and make it worth Tony Ferguson's while to, to go through this again. Uh, aside from just the will to compete, I don't know what there is for him. For Bobby Green, like, it's a fine win, but I, I don't know what it means going forward because Tony Ferguson isn't the Tony Ferguson that we were necessarily used to. And Kevin Holland with a submission win uh, in 239 over Michael Chiesa. Holland was pretty stiff in his comments about Michael Chiesa afterwards. Uh, Chiesa is 35 years old. He was coming off of a, a relatively lengthy layoff November of 2021 to July of 2023. That's a while. He's now lost three in a row. If he has a number of opportunities lined up after this, if he wants to follow them, I you, you get no ill comment from me. But I I, I still I wonder if he has um, a, a little bit more left in the tank now after uh, a lengthy layoff there. So that is it for UFC 91. Our focus now shifts. There's a pretty good fight night card this weekend actually, with Sanhagen taking on uh, Rob Font, a catchweight of 140 pounds. Uh, Jessica Andrade is back in action against Tatiana Suarez. So a, a couple of names on there that are at least interesting. Um, and then we're, we're leading up to UFC 292 in the, the middle of next month at the TD Garden in Boston. Aljamain Sterling against Sean O'Malley. Zhang Wiley against Amanda Limos. Uh, Marlon Vera's on this card, Jeff Neal on this card, Cody Garbrandt, Chris Weidman. So some interesting names coming up um, for the Ultimate Fighting Championship. If you're looking for a boxing breakdown, we did that one already. Uh, the, the absolutely incredible performance of Terrence Crawford in his victory um, over Errol Spence. We have a instant reaction boxing podcast up now. For more of my uh, traditional stick and ball takes, you can find me on Sportsnet 960 throughout the week, and I'll probably have a little bit more Blue Jay stuff as the week goes on on this feed as well. Thank you all so much. You can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk, and you can email the show couch potato diary at yahoo.com. Uh, all right, talk to you guys later. I'm out.